West Bowles. Good morning. Hey, before we jump into the message, will you just join me in a word of prayer for um, the East Coast and what they're facing right now? We've got wildfires um, in other parts of the U.S. and just on my heart to pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we uh, look across the country at what is going on and what what families are uh, they're being displaced. And so we pray that you would open our eyes to the fact that you have empowered us with your spirit to go to the people that we see all this happening to and um, to be your peace to them. And so make us, make us your hands and feet in whatever way that looks like, whether it's money, resources, prayers from here, whatever it is. Uh, but we pray for your peace and your calming presence upon them as they face what is going on. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Wes Bowles, thank you. Uh, so I, some of you have been here and you heard it was about a month and a half ago. I went to my 20th high school reunion and, um, you know, everybody was dressed up, right? So everybody's in suits and ties and it was a very formal occasion over at Pinehurst um, Country Club. And uh, it was a great night. And one of, one of my friends from high school, he, he disappeared for a little bit. And uh, when he walked back in, he was wearing his Columbine varsity baseball uniform. And I just thought, I was impressed because it still fit 20 years later. It was amazing. And uh, at that point, my wife leaned over to me and she said, you know, Nathan, you should go get changed into the uniform you had to wear in high school. And I did wrestling, okay? So let me, let me show you. I was not gonna walk out in this, but this is what Nathan had to wear <laughs> in high school, right there, yeah. In fact, I was not even scared of wrestling. I was scared of being seen in this while I was wrestling. And in fact, it led to many conversations with the, um, with the coach. I said, I, I just, I held this up. And I went, why? Why on earth? I, I have a social life. These are formative years. These could be very, it could be very damaging to, to not just me, all who see this. And, and um, he actually had a great explanation. He said, the outfit has to line up with what it's used for. And I was like, well, that's dumb. Look at this thing. And, but he explained, he said, see, in wrestling, there is a very real possibility of uh, with loose clothing, you can break wrists, you can break fingers and stuff like that. So he said, you've got to wear this skin-tight singlet if you want to wrestle. And I just went, oh, that's a really good point. In fact, I don't want to break a wrist or finger right now while I'm preaching. So I'm going to run and change real quick. And I'm sorry for the mental image you just got. You will probably never unsee that. But, um, but he had a good point. The outfit has to line up for the purpose that it's used for. And, and as we come to the end of, as Ryan mentioned, we're finishing up this series as we've been going through the book of Ephesians today. Ryan, um, or I'm sorry, not Ryan, Paul. <laughs> Paul, as he's talking through Ephesians, he's been talking for the first few chapters. He talks about this high call of God. And he talks about this purpose that both the body, the church, is called into, but also each of us individually. And now he's going to end the whole letter to the Ephesians with actually a picture of an outfit. And I mean this with all my heart. Thank you, Jesus, that is not a singlet, okay? But he's going to um, give us this picture of this outfit that is needed. And, and to be honest, I think he would say the outfit 
lines up with the purpose that it's used for. In fact, listen, listen to how Paul says it. Uh, this is Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. Wait, the full armor? Yeah, because Paul would say, see, God has a high calling, but that high calling also calls you into a battle. And you are going to need armor. He says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Paul is making this really big point right off the bat. And, and in fact, here it is. It's that we have to put on God's armor. God's armor has to be put on for us to press on. He says, if you have any hope, any hope of withstanding this battle that you will be engaged in, in answering this call, well, God's armor has to be put on in order for us to press on. And you read that and you hear that and it's very abstract and it's like, well, what do I do with that, Paul? I mean, I, mean, I, I can agree with it and I can get on board with it. But as we walk through this passage this morning, I think you're going to see that Paul, Paul gets very practical, actually. He says this is exactly what the armor of God means. And, and he has really, I think, a few very practical steps that we're going to look at this morning. The first one being that there is an adjustment that we have to make. If we're going to put on this armor, there is an adjustment that every single one of us has to make. Let's read verse 12. He says, For our struggle is not, is not against flesh and blood. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Did you know that your, your battle is not against flesh and blood? That's really easy to forget, isn't it? It's really easy to forget. In fact, I do this thing where sometimes I'll come across the word enemy in my Bible, and I'm just going to be totally transparent right now. You know what I picture? A person. I picture a person. Have you been there? We, we picture people, don't we, as our enemies. And yet, Paul would say, no, it's not against flesh and blood. You may, you may have a face to something, but it's not against flesh and blood. It's not the person. It's not the people that are making life difficult. That's not who our battle is against. And so what I thought I'd do, actually, is just stop the sermon here and show uh, Lord of the Rings for the rest of the day, because it just sums it up so much better than I can. Well, we only have like 30 minutes, so... Um, but he makes a point here, and it's simply this, that there is an adjustment that has to be made, and it's this. We battle forces, not faces. We battle forces, not faces. And that's hard to remember when you're in the thick of life, isn't it? Doesn't it? And, and so I guess maybe the best way to describe this, um, if you've been here for any amount of time, you know that uh, born in Michigan, I'm a Michigan Wolverine fan. Yep, there's like three of us. The rest of you booing, you can be quiet. All right, so, um, yeah, oh no, stop the Buckeye talk. All right, what I was going to say was we have one huge rival, and it just got said. It is that school right there. Right there. And um, here's the thing. Um, God saw fit to put me here with like three Michigan fans in a sea of fans from other schools like Ohio State. You've got 
Amy and you've got Bob and there's Craig and there's Kim and then you've got um, Penn State fans, you know, Will Gould and Rich back there and Michigan State, Pat and uh, Mike Shane, you know, and so I thought, wow, God, you just, you put me right next to people that when I, when I see the logos of these schools, I just think enemy, enemy, enemy. <laughs> and yet when I think about each of those names of each of those people and who they are in my life, you know what I'm reminded? They're not the enemy. They're not the enemy one bit. In fact, these are people I dearly love. And these are people who serve this church faithfully and they serve other people faithfully. And I'm reminded our battle is not against faces, it's against forces. And so I pray for each of those people and these dark forces that are at work in their lives, all right? But <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Michigan keeps losing to your schools, so I have to, I have to do something. So, but Paul is making a point. If you're going to put on this armor, there's an adjustment in perspective that has to take place. We battle forces, not faces. And, and now he's going to shift from an adjustment we have to make into a decision that we have to settle. And he's going to describe this outfit. And as he describes this outfit, this was just how it landed for me personally. As I was walking through this and I was looking at these descriptions of this armor, I, I had so many questions come up for me. They were, they, were, they were good for me to reflect on. I think these are good questions for all of us to reflect on. Because when you look at what he describes and you look at this armor, it brings us to a choice that we have to settle, each of us individually in our hearts. Take a look at what he says. Verse 13. He says, Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when, not if, when, the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything to, here's this word again, stand. That's the third time in this passage he said this word, stand. Do you want to know what the goal is in this life? It's to stand. It's not to fight God's battle for him. He says, I'll fight the battle. I just need you to stand. I need you to be standing there. And so, Paul gives us a picture of an outfit that, is, that, that will equip us perfectly to help us stand. And the questions that come up, I think, will help us see that even more. He says, verse 14, stand firm then with the belt. What's a belt do? What's a belt do? Holds your pants up, hopefully. Yeah. Because without a belt, you are you're tripping all over the place, right? You're stumbling through your day. He says, with the belt of, and look what he ties the belt to, truth. With the belt of truth buckled around your waist. And, and this, as I sat and thought about it, I thought this is so interesting to me because we will walk through life and lose sight of the truth that God has for us. We will lose sight of God's truth about how he sees us, won't we? In fact, let me just ask you, what do you believe is true about you? What do you think God sees when he looks at you? Could I bring us back to last week, Ephesians 5? We are dearly loved children. And so the question that's brought up for me was simply this. Am I holding on to God's truth about me? Because there are so many distractions and we get, 
we get so distracted by what people think about us and maybe what our circumstances, we think they say something about us. And you know what God would say? When you lose sight of that, you want to know the truth of how I see you? It's right there. See that cross? You are a dearly loved child that God says I would give up my son for. And so there is very, very little, there's this truth that we have to wear, we have to hold on to. And any time that truth, any time we're not wearing that, well, you, you just stumble through life. So that's the first piece of armor. And then he goes on, he says, not just the belt of truth buckled around your waist, but with the breastplate of righteousness in place. What does, what does a breastplate cover? Right here, your chest. What does it protect? The vital organs. All the vital organs. And it's so interesting to me what Paul ties it to. He says it's the breastplate of righteousness. See, when you recognize the truth of how God sees you, you understand that you have now been given a position of righteousness in your heavenly Father's eyes. But with that position of righteousness comes a very practical righteousness. In other words, the position of righteousness, it's going to bear fruit. That's going to flow from us. And any time, any time the position of righteousness does not, it's not backed up by or evidenced by practical living, there's a vital organ that gets damaged. You know what, what organ that is? It's our heart. So Paul says, no, put on the breastplate of righteousness. You hold on to that truth, and you put on the breastplate of righteousness. And this brought up another question for me. I just sat there and I thought, does, does the inside truth line up with the outside living? As I thought about my life, I thought, okay, does the truth I claim, does the truth I hold to in the position of righteousness I've been given, does that line up with a practical righteousness and a living out of it? It's a good question to think on and ponder. Well, he goes on. He says, not just the belt, not just this breastplate of righteousness, but he says, with your feet fitted. Now we're going to get a picture of shoes or boots. With your feet fitted with the readiness. I love this term, the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. I was just talking to Jody Barker before service, and I loved what she reminded me of. She said, we more than anybody should be the ones who are ready, ready to go into the workplace, into the world, to our neighbors, in, even into our children's lives, their friends' lives, wherever it is, ready with what? Peace. The gospel actually provides peace. And it's just so interesting to me that he tied this to footwear. Because you know what question this brought up for me? is who has God put in front of me that I could go to? Who has God put in front of me that could use peace? And am I ready? Am I ready? Because it could show up first thing in the morning or it could show up at the end of a long, long day. But am I ready? Am I ready to give them the gospel of peace? Well, Paul keeps going. He says after that in verse 16, he says, in addition... To all this, take up the shield of faith. And you don't need help figuring out what a shield does. Take up the shield of faith 
with which you can extinguish, and just pay attention to this next word, all. All the flaming arrows of the evil one. Now, when you just pictured a shield, let me, let me just ask you to think about something for a minute. Did you picture just you holding that shield? Because if it's just me, here's why I ask that. Because if it's just me holding a shield, well, I can block some arrows from the enemy, but I can't block all the arrows from the enemy. I mean, think about it. If you're holding a shield right here, it'll block anything coming from this way, but they can still come from the side, from the back. And so what do you picture? Because, and the reason I bring that up is because in ancient warfare, ancient soldiers, you know what they would do? They, their shields were actually shaped and fitted and even notched so that they could fit together. And they could form a wall when a bunch of them got together. And they could form a roof with these shields so that no arrows could get there. In fact, there's an image from this movie, um, 300. You can see the dome down there. That's what Paul's getting at. Do I have, do, am I shielded enough that I can block all the arrows of the enemy? In fact, here, I'll give you a close-up. Next one. Oh, wow. I didn't realize they were putting a picture of me up there this morning from when I woke up. That's actually Nathan in a singlet, okay? That's, that's right there. That's how, I, how it looked, okay? But you can see behind him there that the shields, nothing can get in. Nothing can get in. And so it brought up yet another question for me. Who have I and am I connected with? You know, we had this ministry fair here last week. And one of the best things you could do is jump into a ministry here. I'll say it from experience. Because you know what happens? When you jump into a ministry, when you start sharing life with one another, loving one another, you know what God does? He gives you not just this shield that you hold. He gives you many shields around you so that you can block and extinguish all the arrows. All the arrows of the enemy. And so it's a question to ponder. Who have I and am I connected with? And if you don't like the answer to that question, we have opportunity after opportunity after opportunity here at the church. You can stop by the visitor center uh, or the welcome center where you came in, and we have lists of ministries that you can join and be part of. Well, Paul's not done yet. It says, let's see, verse, where did we go here? All right, he goes on. He says in verse 17, take the helmet. Okay, this is a no-brainer. What is the helmet guard? All right, good, good, we've got it. So take the helmet of salvation. Take the helmet of salvation. It's no mistake. He did not just pick a random abstract word like salvation and tie that to what guards the head. Because oftentimes, you know what I see in my own life over and over and over, and as I talk to people over and over and over, it's the battle of the mind. And Paul says, you want to know what guards your mind? What Jesus did for you. What Jesus did for you. But you know what I think I hear from a lot of people, and it's been my own, it's been my own narrative for too long. Well, I did this, and then I didn't do that, and I, I just analyze, 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 overanalyze. And I think part of the problem is we spend so much time, so much time analyzing what we've done when Paul would say, you know what, instead of looking at what you've done, look at what Jesus did. Your mind is protected. It is protected 
by your salvation and what he did for you? Do we come back to that? And so it, it raised another question. What's getting in? What's getting into my head? What do I allow into my head, whether it's music lyrics or other people's opinions or maybe it's self-talk? But what am I letting get in? Paul would say, it's your salvation. Come back to your salvation. Well, he adds to this. He says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword, sword. Everything up to now has been defensive, defensive in nature. It's guarding, it's blocking. But now he brings out in the sword of the spirit, which is the word. And you know what? When you look at the original language, it's not just the word of God. It's the spoken word of God. Do you want to know what your sword is when you get attacked? Paul would say, when you get attacked, not by a face, but by a force, do you want to know what your sword is to respond with? It's the spoken word of God. You saw this in Jesus' life. Remember, he's led into the desert. He's tempted three times after fasting for 40 days. He's tempted three times by the enemy. And every single time, Jesus replies with the spoken word of God. It's a reminder. It's a reminder. We've got to know it, but we've got to speak it. You've got to speak it against the forces that come against you. Who do you think you are? We'll start with this. Last week, Ephesians 5.1, I am a dearly loved child. If you have nothing else, you have that to be able to use when forces come against you this week. I am a dearly loved child. And so this brought up another question. Am I accessing the word of God? Am I accessing it? It's actually very simple. If we know it, then we can speak it and we can actually use it. And so you look at this list in verses 14 through 17. And you've got these six pieces of armor that Paul says, you want to know what will help you stand? You want to know what will help you stand? It's this outfit. It's this outfit, but here's the thing. You want to know when this outfit is made available? It's free, but it happens when we look at our Savior and you say, you know what, I trust. I'm going to trust in your armor. Because too often, if I'm being honest, I think I like to spend a lot of time trusting in my armor and how can I defend and what tactics can I employ and Paul says no this is the armor God's armor is what you need in order to stand and so not only is there an adjustment we need to make there's a decision we need to settle that forces are battled with God's armor not ours and maybe one of my favorite um, pictures of this came from years of working with the youth here every single trip we went on there was one item that was like a must-have and it was sunscreen. Sunscreen, sunscreen, sunscreen. It's on there I don't know how many times. But one year, we were out in California. We had a day at the beach. And um, we're driving to the beach. And I noticed somebody was passing around sunscreen, just if anybody forgot theirs. And uh, this kid grabbed the sunscreen and just passed it on. I was like, really? Not going to put any on? And he leaned over. No joke. This is what he said. He's like, Nathan, I have special skin. He's like, you have special skin? I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, and you've said this. You have said this at some point in your life. 
I don't burn, I, I tan. Yeah, it's like, oh, oh, you have that, that kind of special skin. Okay, um, the next morning, I mean, still to this day, the worst sunburn I've ever seen in my life. And he was crying, and, and I was crying too, but it was because I was laughing so hard. Um, <laughs> but it's so simple. It's just a simple choice. Just put the, put the sunscreen, I guess you could call it, armor. Put the armor on. Because the consequences are just horrible. It's horrible. And so I, uh, I told him, you're going to be infamous. I'm going to point back to this for years and years and years. And I have, and I have. So, <laughs> But Paul, after highlighting an adjustment we need to make and a decision, a choice that we need to settle in our hearts, he now moves to an activity that we have to engage in. And it's very simple. Look at verse 18. And pray in the Spirit. Wait, pray in the Spirit. Like I've heard of praying, but what is pray in the Spirit? I think he would say pray for his strength. Because to be honest, you and I, we don't have the strength to bear this armor. We've got to have it put on us. And you know how that happens? You pray it on. In fact, the, the third thing that Paul's talking about, the activity we have to engage, is that God's armor is put on and put to use through prayer. It's put on and put to use through prayer. If you talk to um, a soldier, if you were to talk to a firefighter, they would talk to you about something called functional strength. Okay, there, there's dynamic strength, like that's weightlifting strength. And, and there are all kinds of different, different strengths. But functional strength is the strength you need just to carry out the duties that you have. It's this base strength. For instance, a soldier, in order to even carry a gun, well, he's got to have a certain base level of strength to even carry it around, let alone lift it up. A firefighter who's going to lug hose and tools and equipment, they have to be able to, they've got to have a base strength to even wear the bunker gear and carry their equipment around. And Paul would say, you know what? You need a base strength. You need a strength that can not just put this stuff on you, but it can put it to use through you. There's an adjustment we have to make. We battle forces, not faces. There's a decision we have to settle that forces are battled with God's armor, not ours. And there's an activity that we have to engage in. And it's that God's armor is put on and put to use through prayer. You don't will it on, you pray it on. And so as the band comes up, they're going to they're gonna be closing us in a song, but as they're playing this song, um, I want to do something a little different, and it comes out of the next two verses I want to read to you. It's simply this. Paul says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. Are we alert? Are we alert to what's going on, not just in our lives as we walk through this life in this body, but are we alert to what's going on throughout the church body? Paul says pray with that in mind. Be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Are we praying for one another? Because there are people that right now in here may be struggling to hold on to God's truth. 
for them. There are some who may be struggling with that living out of that righteousness that we've been given. There are some who need shields around them because the arrows are coming and their faith is being hit. And so, for the next few minutes, what I'd like us to do, let me read this last verse and then I'll explain it. He says, pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. I would ask that the next few minutes, this entire room, would we take this for a time of prayer? And for some in here, that prayer needs to be, I've been trusting in my armor for too long. If there are any Stephen ministers in the room, they, they, they'll be standing at the back or maybe on the sides or up front here. You can come pray with them. And maybe this is the first time that you say, God, I want your armor. I want to entrust my life to what Jesus already did for me. For some in here, it's a prayer that maybe needs to be prayed with somebody across the sanctuary because for too long, they've been the enemy. You've seen a face instead of a force. For some, it may just be that we need to be alert. We need to be alert to what's going on in their life. And so whether you pray in the quiet of your seat or if you need to go find somebody, would you take a few minutes to put on the armor of God because God's armor has to be put on for us to press on. We'll close in a few minutes.